0: through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. I hope I don't sound too muffled if you're not streaming us. Uh, We've all got masks on, and uh, here we are in the uh, land of covid Interesting thing, phenomenon uh, that has happened with the COVID is car sales are going bananas. A lot of car dealers are selling a lot of cars and a lot of customers are buying them, obviously. And uh, of course, I'm the recovering car dealer. My name is Earl, and we've been doing this show for 17 years, so our mission in life at Earl Stewart on Cars is to help you go through the process of buying, leasing, maintaining, repairing your, uh, re- repairing your car. I know you heard some of this on the recorded introduction, but uh, I just want you to be sure that this is live. We're here in the studios in North Palm Beach, Florida. We're talking to folks all over the world, certainly the USA, and uh, we uh, are streaming on YouTube, and we're on Twitter, uh, we're on Facebook. You can post on Facebook, post on YouTube. You can call us on our text line, and that text line is 772-497-6530. Text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, we have a anonymous feedback. This is unique. I don't know anybody that does this. Uh, we don't care whether you tell us who you are or not. Uh, we have a lot of folks that prefer to remain anonymous. Youranonymousfeedback.com. Simply the way it sounds. Youranonymousfeedback.com. And uh, it'll come to us. We don't know who you are. And we find out we get an amazing, actually more uh, text-type uh, you know, inputs that way. And most of them are in, are, are in good spirit and good, and good, good taste. Uh, we, get, we, we do get some criticism. We also get some real rough criticism. But if we didn't get that, we wouldn't be pure and honest to when we say it is anonymous. So if you really want to take a swing at me, Earl Stewart, uh, you might be a car dealer or a car salesman. I wouldn't blame you. If you wanted to, say whatever you want to say. If, it can, if it's printable or if it's not against uh, FCC regulations, we'll even say it on the air. But we, we might do a bleep. But youranonymousfeedback.com, and as I say, text 772 um, 497 It's particularly, our show is particularly important now because of how busy things are. And uh, everybody's style is a little bit of, uh, cramped with the COVID issue. You know, wearing masks every time I put mine on, my eyeglasses fall off or one of my hearing aids fall out. Uh, this whole mask thing is difficult. And, you know, buying things and going into stores is scary. And the car dealers are still doing extremely well. Uh, I'm a car dealer. Uh, uh, we have a, a dealership. We've uh, been in the business a long time. In total transparency, I say this, this is not an infomercial. We are a consumer advocacy show trying to help you buy a car without being taken advantage of. So that's all you'll hear. You won't hear about our dealership. Uh, you won't hear anything about our product. Uh, we we want you to buy the car that you want at the car dealership that does the best job, the best price, and that's why we're here. So. Uh, we also have a phone line. I almost mentioned that. almost sounds uh, old-fashioned now, doesn't it? The telephone, well, it's not old-fashioned because we look at it as our most important, and uh, we watch our telephone lines carefully. That phone number is 877-960-9960. Again, that's 877-960-9960, and we prioritize phone lines. Nancy Stewart, my co-host, uh, sitting next to me, she's watching the TV screen, or the PC screen, I should say, and she sees the calls come in, the caller, and she waves her hand. So no matter what we're doing, we try to stop and take calls. We only got three or four phone lines coming in for the radio station, and so we don't want people to have to wait a long, long time. You might be driving, and you don't want to have to wait and wait and wait. So 877-960-9960, and then we'll have a text that we'll get to a little later, or a YouTube that we'll get get together a little later. Uh, going around to introduce the folks that uh, you already know are here, you regulars. Uh, I'm going to start out with Rick Kearney this morning because, you know, the the service departments of car dealerships and the maintenance and repair of your car is not it's not the uh, the glory. It's the every car dealership, the new car guys get all the glory, and it's all about the new car advertising and the excitement and the emotion and Taking care of your car is kind of put, uh, you know car dealers call where Rick works, the back end. That's that's kind of a nasty thing to say, right? I mean, at least they don't say the <laughs> rear end. I mean, they, I've mean, never they, thought about that. The back life. end. And so, uh, and you know what they call the new car salespeople? They call them the front end. So you're the back end, I'm sorry, Rick. But the fact of the matter is, uh, this is tongue in cheek, because Rick, uh, Rick's department, the service department and car dealerships, is the most important and usually the most profitable, and usually the requires the highest skilled labor. The people that are, that are more educated and versed in what they do are the people in the service department. So, if you have a question about your car, and uh, any whether it's a Chevrolet or a Rolls Royce, Rick Kearney sitting here with over a quarter century of experience is the guy that can uh, answer a question. And if you don't want to go into a dealership because of the COVID thing and you got a squeak, rattle, or a roll, you want to call Rick and say, maybe I can do something myself or maybe it's not so serious I can postpone it so I don't have to go in. So Rick Kearney, if you need to call him. Uh, Rick, uh, just just briefly, uh, what is your take on people that are coming in now and the COVID thing, when they're coming in to uh, have your car repaired, uh, what sort of things are they most concerned about? uh pretty much they're looking for the normal services normal
1: maintenance Routine, uh, yeah. special service campaigns and it's it's almost business as usual, although we're taking the special precautions with masks and gloves and you know trying to keep things as clean as possible and you know, offering those uh, microbial sprays
0: yeah um do you get many calls, or some people, or maybe a service advisor says, "Look, I got a call from Mr. Jones. Uh, uh, he's got a problem with the car, but he doesn't want to bring it in uh, unless it's serious." I mean, are, are people trying to get questions answered from you uh, as to whether or not something can be delayed and postponed for a month or two? That happens occasionally, yeah. but usually that those those are handled by our
1: service writers and our yeah. service manager, right? Um, we do see a little more, uh, an increase in what we call the concierge, where we're picking up the cars to bring them. People are nervous about that, but for the most part, I think most of the folks are adapting and just kind of learning to roll with the flow and just, you know, it's it's a, a big change in society, but it's a change that we're all just adapting to.
0: Well, if you want a free opinion on what is wrong with your car, they can call us and call Rick Kearney at 877-960-9960 that's 877-960-9960 or text us at 772-497-6530 that's 772-497-6530 and uh... Rick is monitoring YouTube directly on his laptop there so if you're a YouTuber you can go straight to Rick and uh... he can help you maybe avoid making an unnecessary trip to see your independent mechanic or your dealership mechanic Uh, he might tell you what you have is something you can take care of yourself so give Rick Kearney a call and then to uh, Rick's right is uh, Stu Stewart he's my son Uh, he is the uh, guy that handles our mystery shopping reports he is actively in the car business he sees uh, the day to day uh, activities that have happened with uh, our dealership and other dealerships around and uh, but by far the most exciting thing he does is his uh, is a mystery shopping report. So Stu, what's uh what's going on with Mystery Shopping?
2: Well you, just just funny when you mentioned back end, you know, I guess that's a common phrase in car dealership. You yeah. get they refer to the finance department also as the back end too. <laughs> it's a it's a subsection of the sales department. Yeah, that's
0: right. The, the the uh the money made on a car in the finance department is called the, the back end. end.
2: Oh yeah, the, in the, in the back end. And when back you sell end, the car, yeah. it's yeah. the front
0: end. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the f and department itself is called the box. Yeah. So it's your dealership uh, language. Uh, you walk in, you say, uh, which way is the back end? Right. They'll send you to the service department. Right. And you say, where's the box? They'll say it's over there. Right. And then on the window, it says yeah. finance department. But in the box, that's where they make all the back end.
2: That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to Mr. Shopping. Um, I am still, to borrow a phrase from my grandfather, Tickled Pink, to have a brand new mystery shopper. And it's kind of like, and this is a weird analogy, and I don't know if anybody's gonna pick up on it. It's like, I, have, I play guitar. And a guitar is a guitar, it's six strings, same shape, same number of frets for the most part. Um, but when I pick up a different guitar, for some reason I play different things. With a different mystery shopper, there's a whole new style, it just, it just feels different, it feels mm-hmm. new, yeah. uh, it's, it's, I think the, the reports are more interesting. And um, it's really exciting. It also opens up a whole new, oppor- uh, a lot of new opportunities to, to visit places. What we'll, you'll, you'll see in the shop, shopping report today that we're returning to a dealership that for various uh, reasons we couldn't sh- mystery shop a whole lot. And we can go back and it opens yeah. a, whole, a whole new field again. So mm-hmm. it's really exciting. And this is Agent Lightning. And she is our first mm-hmm. um, permanent, hopefully, yeah. uh, female mystery shopper that we've mm-hmm. ever
0: had. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's tough out there. We sure hope she can stay with us. Uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a it's uh, a a high pressure job, uh, and of course Nancy Stewart, sitting to Stewart's right. Uh, Stu's right. We don't call him Stu we Call him. Yeah. <laughs> some people do. Yeah. Some people do. Uh, Nancy uh, can take a lot of credit for Agent Lightning. Uh, she's our female advocate on the show, and she's been with me from the get go. Nancy is a uh, a founder of the show with me, and. uh and for a long, long time, we were uh, uh, just a bunch of guys uh, talking and then people calling in, mainly males. And she worked the uh, female audience up to 50-50. And she pushed and pushed and pushed until we finally got ourselves um, Agent Lightning. And so uh, congratulations, Nancy. You're, you're almost at parity here in the uh, Old Boys Club that we, we've had uh, 17 years ago.
3: Thank you very much. Uh, I, I think I could say that um, I, I'm these cliches that you were using earlier, or the back end and Stu, I say he wears many, many hats, so I, I, I don't even know which title to give him. Uh, but for me, I'm uh, I'm I'm sometimes behind the scenes, and uh, doing and coming in contact with uh, a, a lot of uh, people, and uh, I. I find it very exciting. I, I just love it, and I've learned a lot uh, during my time you know, here on the uh, show. So uh, to uh, the ladies and uh, gentlemen, I thank you for tuning in this morning. Uh, you are a big part of the show, and we are thankful that you enjoy what we do and what we share with you, and uh, all this uh, amazing information is free so uh, number one for the ladies uh, we offer you 50 dollars for the first two new lady callers and uh, we ask you to give us a call at 877-960-9960 and you can text us at 772-497-6530 and we do have an exciting mystery shop And we have a a whole lot to get to. And uh, there are some uh, other items uh, on uh, the uh, schedule that I'll share with you momentarily, but right now. uh, Oh, also www.youranonymousfeedback.com, real important. Uh, You can share anything and everything with us right there and remain anonymous. But for now, we're gonna go to John in Palm City. Good morning, John.
4: Good morning to everyone. I have in front of me an automotive book that should be in every, every household. It was printed in 2012. Fabulous book. Nobody should be without it. Uh, Very familiar to you people. It's called Confessions of a Car Dealer by Earl Stewart. Uh, Unbelievable amount of information in it. The greatest thing about it is the book, when you buy it, the entire proceeds goes to Big Dog Ranch and Rescue. Now let me tell you something on the news this week. I think it's as many as hundreds and hundreds of dogs were just rescued from the hurricane ravaged area, and they they were going to be euthanized. And those dogs are being going to be adopted. They're getting them ready now. So it's a fabulous amount of you know money that's needed for this to keep this in uh, operating. I think it's the biggest in Southern Florida. But the book itself is a must. In every household, I would only tell people, I think it's earlbook.com, to order it. But Nancy or Earl could give you more information on it, and it was printed in 2012. Incidentally, not only on the cover is a picture of Earl, but inside is an interesting photo of Earl when he was a high school graduate. Unbelievable.
2: <laughs> a lot yeah. of old pictures in there. <laughs>
4: well, no, I recommend this book for every household. A must reading. I don't think it ever made New York Times number one list, but it's just a must to read.
2: You know, we're talking to the publisher again about doing a uh, an updated re- a revision, a twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one revision. So that's in the works right now.
0: That's me when I was evil. <laughs>
4: It isn't Look at those correct, pants, everybody. You can order it through <laughs> <laughs> www.earlsbook.com.
2: Yep, and also um, Amazon.com. If you just search uh, Confessions of a Recovering Tar Dealer on Amazon.com, you can buy it right there.
3: And you're absolutely okay. right, John, that all the proceeds 100% go to our favorite charity, Big Dog Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have my personal copy. It's signed by Earl, so. <laughs> Thank you, Rover. I'd to keep that
4: original. Yeah. But just a question, Earl. When you entered the car business, nineteen sixty-eight, do you remember the major, major advertising that said "Think Small"?
0: Uh you know, to be honest with you, I I, I, I recall the the uh, phrase. I didn't know it was about that time, but it, it sound it was, was that, t- that t- when t- the imports became uh, whispering around or "Think Small," uh, like uh, Volkswagen. It. Volkswagen. Yeah. Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Volkswagen.
4: And nobody mentions that in July 2019, the last Beetle Volkswagen was made. Oh, yeah. But I didn't see anybody running right out to grab that car. Yeah. And I don't even see him around much today, even on car lots. And then they used to advertise for years down in our area, Volkswagen, German engineering. Well, every Volkswagen I used to see was made in Mexico. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, it's, it's, I don't know where the German engineering
4: yeah. came in, but um, I don't see them around. Do you get much of a call? Do you, do you see them on car lots? Do you get any call for people getting rid of the uh-huh. last one that's, you know, the last few years?
2: I have not heard or seen one request for one of those. You like, mean the, the
0: bug, yeah, yeah. right, you Yeah,
2: I actually owned a, a 1971 Super Beetle convertible, and it was uh, the first car I bought on my own. Great I had car. the same
4: car. I bought a brand-new 71. It was very popular. I'll tell you.
2: Mine was 30 years old when I bought it. Uh-huh. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> well, not really. Maybe
0: 20. All fine. right.
4: Well, I just want to mention this book. It's a must in every household.
0: Thanks for the plug. I appreciate it, John. Thank you very much.
3: Thank you, John. Okay. You're welcome. Talk to you next week. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 497 Six five three zero, And while I have the opportunity, I am going to share with you um, Earl's uh, blog and his column. We're going to show you the uh, Florida Weekly News edition. And there you will find Don't Tell Car Dealers You're Paying Cash. So you'll find that very, very interesting. And uh, I think I'm on, yeah, there I am on camera. So enjoy that. It's an interesting read. Always a whole lot of information. and uh, Also, you might take advantage of the uh, uh, blog that uh, Earl wrote. I, uh, I found it very interesting. Don't let the car dealer dictate the game plan. Take control. Take control, take control and make him play by your rules. Take control. If you How do you read, like that?
0: If you don't read all the blogs, you ought to ch- check that one out. Nancy's Absolutely right. That's kind of a concise uh, five or six points. I forget that if you watch those five or six points, you get yourself a good price on a car and, and without the aggravation.
3: There's pretty, a, pretty there's simple. a yeah, definitely a, a summary of uh, well the things that you should keep in mind and focus on, and uh, don't don't let them uh, change your mind and uh, tap dance around you. So there you go, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at Mm. 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering card deal.
0: Well, let's get started on some texts, and while you're uh, doing the texts, I'm going to try to get my face mask so it doesn't fall off. Okay, I'll take over for a second. Thank
2: you. Uh, We'll start with a text from Anne-Marie. It came in just when we started the show. Anne-Marie, a longtime texter, says, good morning. It seems that when one reads the fine print on anything nowadays, there's a non-disclosure agreement tucked in there. Do dealers include <coughs> non-disclosure agreements, NDAs, in the paperwork when selling or leasing a car? And if so, why? And the answer to that question is, I don't know. I know we don't, but a, a non-disclosure ing- agreement, an NDA. Uh, on, on the buyer's order? No, yeah, it's somewhere in the car dealer paperwork. I mean, no. I wouldn't be surprised if I was told that dealers were using that, um, no. but because um, they have arbitration agreements that take away your right to sue them in a court. There's requirements that require you to send a letter before you can initiate any legal. That's very
0: I tell you, Anne Marie, you are amazing. Uh, we have to get a copy of that. If you would, well, uh, no, she's just asking. She doesn't know. Oh, oh doesn't know. Okay. Yeah, she yeah. says they're just out. You know, you're hearing a lot about yeah. them. Uh, I, you, you might you might have just given a lot of dealers an idea, because there are a lot of right. dealers that <laughs> just hate the idea. You know, if, if, there are a lot of dealerships, or maybe uh, let me say some dealerships, that if a salesperson gives the customer the vehicle buyer's order yeah. with their with their out-the-door price, they fire him. Yeah. In other words, it's a it is a sin in most car dealerships to give a car shopper someone shopping. For a car uh, their best price and let them walk out the door the whole idea of car dealerships is to keep the price the final price until they're ready you're ready to sign and get in the car and drive it home you're not going to get the final price of a car dealer typically until you do that and so maybe there is a non-disclosure you say okay i'm going to give you the price yeah. but if you disclose it i'm going to sue you yeah
2: <laughs> or, or or maybe it's part of like the arbitration thing. If there's a dispute, you're not allowed to speak about it publicly or post yeah. it online or something like that. Yeah. But honestly, Amory, I I would be I would I would be too surprised if there were some car dealers already using that. Yeah. We got to look into that a little bit more we'll, for you. We'll
0: look carefully.
2: Yeah, we got another text uh, from Brian in California. Um, he says, "Hey, Stu, Brian from California. On last week's show, you guys were talking about if Earl and Nancy could get in a car and drive a manual transmission. Um, some modern cars." St- uh, can still come with manuals like the Mustangs, Camaros, Challengers, Chargers as an option. My, must, my 2018 Mustang GT has a six-speed manual. I tried to power shift at one time like Rick was talking about. Let's just say I'll never do that again.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, also, some new Corollas um, uh, can be ordered with a manual transmission, right? Um, how much convincing would it take for me to have you order one <laughs> or two and say, see if it sells? Um, very good point. Toyota does make the Corolla and the Corolla Hatchback in a six-speed manual, and no, we don't sell very many of them, and no, we don't have one currently in stock.
0: <laughs> I had a call yesterday from a customer looking for a stick shift Corolla. Some. Now he, uh, he he'll now take an automatic now. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. We had we had uh, good and old Ted uh, talk to him. I
3: was dealing with someone who also, ironically, wanted a stick shift, and uh, yeah. it's an impossibility.
0: Yeah, there's more out there. More people that like the idea than than not, and I think in our area with the demographics of uh, South Florida, we've had more older people. More older people know how to drive a stick shift. You take a young person today, uh, a 16, 17 year olds, starting out, they've never even seen a stick shift. have no idea how to drive one. So.
1: Anti-car yeah. theft device. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only person stealing is going to be a senior citizen.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, I'm in that category. <laughs> Alright, we, we have anonymous feedback here. It's your favorite kind. Uh, boy, Earl, you are out of touch on the issue of using auto brokers. The fact is you got to research the broker just like a dealership and car deal. If you don't, if you don't got the time, you're going to get your head ripped off regardless. I'd say you probably would get slightly, slightly ripped off uh, through a decent auto broker. Maybe, if you're in a solid position of financial strength and not stranded without a current ride, then a great deal is just a matter of time and energy.
0: I probably didn't make myself clear if I said auto brokers are... Uh, a bad idea. I I think that uh, it depends on the auto broker. just depends on the car dealer. Um, Auto brokers uh, have a place, and if you have an honest, knowledgeable uh, auto broker, uh, and you are one that doesn't like to haggle and hassle and negotiate, that's a great idea. Just be aware if you haven't used a broker before, that broker works for the dealer. Uh, He makes his money from the dealership. And you don't know how much he's going to make, and he probably won't tell you. But we deal with brokers in our dealership. That's the nice thing about being a car dealer. We know exactly what's going on with car dealers because we are a car dealer. Uh, car, uh, brokers can make anywhere from a minimum of, what would you say, 500 bucks? Yeah. To yeah. as much as... A couple of thousand. A couple thousand. And uh, uh, sometimes it's a negotiable thing. Uh, uh, we know a lot of brokers that have a cadre, a whole... Uh, army of people out there that rely on them for cars and we love those brokers because uh, we even have one working for us that is almost like a broker and they have uh, people that trust them so uh, it's all about trust and it's all about uh, disclosure if if you know that your broker is getting a reasonable fee and 500 is about standard uh, so you're gonna pay at least $500 more when you deal with a broker if you if, if you were able to negotiate the best price without the broker, but it's pretty hard to negotiate the best price. So that five hundred dollars could be well spent. If they're paying the broker five thousand dollars, you've got a problem, and uh, because you're going to have to pay at least five thousand dollars more for that vehicle than you might have been able to negotiate. So mm-hmm. brokers are like car dealers. They're good ones. They're bad ones. They're honest ones. They're dishonest
3: ones. Absolutely, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, That phone number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. Our lines are open. Give us a call, and we are going to go back to Stu, I believe.
2: Yeah, let's jump over to some more anonymous feedback. Um, I saw your YouTube video with Rick uh, about loose steering wheels. It seems like when my car uh, turned really smooth with no resistance, it was easier it was until I got it changed and, okay, I'm having a hard time following <laughs> the sentence structure here. Uh, it was easier until I got it changed and it fixed the wheel. It feels more... Su- Let me just kind of jump to the end. We have a video on YouTube that Rick did about three years ago. It has 806,000 view- views, and it's how to f- free a lot steering wheel, <clears throat> and Rick can um, maybe expound on it a little bit, but the comments that we get on that video warm my heart almost on a daily basis I'm not kidding almost every day someone says you saved my life I was in the Walmart parking lot I couldn't turn my thing I saw your video I looked it up online your video came up and you saved me and I I don't tell you enough about it. I'm literally literally, maybe every other day but there's tons of comments and it's I feel really good to have probably the most helpful video we've ever put out there Rick and Todd what happens when the steering wheel is locked you can probably explain that
1: well it's a security feature that when you park your car There's what's called an interlock that, if you turn the steering wheel one direction or the other, it will lock in that spot. It'll it'll hit a point where it'll click, and it will lock tight. Now, if the wheel is, say your wheels are up against a curb or a stock parking block, and you turn that wheel to where it hits that lock position, it binds up, and you may not be able to get the key to turn in the ignition to release it. Now, if you have a new smart key car that has just the remote and you have push button start, doesn't matter, because the electric motor is going to release that steering wheel, no problem. If you have the old put the key in the ignition cylinder and turn it, you're actually using that mechanical force of turning the key to try to get it to release and it'll actually bind up so tight that you can't turn the key. So what you have to do is grab the wheel and actually force it one direction to the other and you'll feel that one way is solidly locked and the other way has just a little bit of spring tension It'll move just a little bit of the direction in that way, with some spring tension on it. So you simply pull it and turn the key at the same time. Or you can kind of jiggle the wheel, right? And it'll it will release it. Yeah.
0: But that's really cool. What we should do is pay more attention to the YouTube uh, activity. Oh, wait. and, And I respond
2: to them. I come, they come yeah. and I get a notification. But I mean on the
0: show, I mean. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, those are, that's what's on people's mind. What is uh, What is Rick's most popular YouTube? This one. That's the one right oh, there. That's the one yeah. there. Now
2: the second best, it used to be one that was titled, and Jonathan came up with the title, was what's What's that sque- What's That my squealing brake noise mean? And Rick was explaining that it was, I think it meant as it was getting close to the point where you need to start replacing the brakes, yep. you know, start to squeal. And um, that one, um, let me see if I can really quickly, That one has 337,000 views, Wow! and uh, that was a little bit older. So
0: he's headed toward a million views on that alignment? Well, Rick's
2: views in total with all his videos are well over a million views. Um Mm -hmm. But on that particular um, one, on freeing a locked steering wheel, has 807,000 views um, in three years.
0: Wow, you're a very popular man. Wow,
3: congratulations, Mm
2: -hmm. Rick. Rick. Hey, you're, you're, you're a YouTube
1: star. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that.
3: <laughs> How exciting, you know, to get all that uh, out there to you yeah. know a, a viewer watching that. You know, well, you're it, just it watching that video, and and it's, it's so exciting.
1: It's good to know that we can help people. I mean, yeah, that's
3: exactly you know what I w- I mean. Uh, you're sitting there, yeah. you're watching this on YouTube, and. That person is being helped. They don't have to drive somewhere. And you're well, sitting,
2: when, when you We got you're a guy that's is, is more famous than Earl Stewart sitting at this table. That's right.
1: By far. <laughs> if, if you imagine the average Without person. A doubt. <laughs> you know, someone walks out, <clears throat> walks out of the store, you have got a bunch of bags, frozen stuff maybe, foods. They put it all in their car and say it was yesterday afternoon at 4 or 5 in the afternoon and it's 95 degrees out, mm-hmm. brutal heat. You get in your car. You've been in the store for 35, 40 minutes or an hour, and the inside of your car is literally an oven. And you cannot turn the key to start <laughs> your car. Yeah. You're you're already exhausted from all the shopping and working, and now. Suddenly you've got Your
2: this. Your day is ruined.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, it is. Uh, absolutely. Well, it's funny,
2: I mean, uh, that analogy, the parking lot thing happens a lot, and there has been numerous, I would say dozens of comments saying that exact, thing, exact same thing happened to them. I got in my car, I was at Costco, and I, and I thought I was screwed. And uh, I'm, I can say that on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah,
3: I t- I'll tell you what, Rick, I wish you, you would have been with me when I was on North Lake Boulevard many, many years ago, and I was en route. And I lost my steering wheel Anyway, to be continued <laughs>
2: right, Do you have any YouTube questions or comments, Rick? Uh, no, you know so what? far Mr. YouTube
3: star <laughs> Excuse me, guys uh, We're going to go to um, We're going to go to Dog Walker Dave Good morning, Dave
6: Good morning, you guys been a little while since uh, we've had a chat But uh, hope everybody's doing well mm-hmm. um, I had a couple little things just for some morning lev- levity. Uh, <laughs> my, uh, my three kids joke all the time, because they grew up on ranches and farms, that they don't know how to drive an automatic. Okay? <laughs> so, but there is the added benefit that the, auto, the, uh, the, the standard transmission cars, in general, can be gotten cheaper than the automatics. And so they all choose not only to uh, get that choice of power band, but also, to, you know, economically, it's, a, it's kind of a smart thing to do. And uh, my daughter has a, because I heard you, you mentioned the, the, the uh, anti theft as an anti theft device. My daughter actually has a window sticker on her, uh, she's got a, a 2018 Camaro. And she has a, a window sticker on it that shows the shift pattern, and underneath it says anti-step device for millennials. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's really clever. That's a real thing. And yeah. Hey, guys, it was real nice talking to you again.
0: Thanks, today, you Dave.
6: Stay healthy and safe.
0: Oh, thanks, Dave. So are you going to go walk your dog now?
6: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, not on, I'm out walking on the beach. That yeah. dog's been walking. Yeah, look at it. Looking on, looking at for seashells and sea glass.
0: There you go. Well, call again, yeah. Dave. We we love we love talking to you, so please call again.
3: Yeah, great hearing from you again. G-back. Beat the heat. G-back. Give 8- us a call. Eight seven seven nine six zero
0: ninety nine sixty.
3: Yeah, and I think that we're going to go to Rick. Rick has got some YouTube. Support. We've
1: got one just came in, and I, the username here is fantastic. This is from. Cowgo down the trail.
3: Uh, cow Cowgo
1: down the trail. How the cowgo? Uh, they're asking, when will used car prices
0: begin to drop back to normal levels? Well, I wish I had a crystal ball. Uh, they're coming down now. Uh, they peaked, what, about uh, two, three weeks ago, mm-hmm. Stu? Yeah. And uh, they're still up there. Uh, it's a function, I think, of the economy. and with all the cash being pumped in, with the COVID rescue efforts by the Federal Reserve and the government, a lot of cash out there available for down payments. And uh, so uh, you had more supply or more demand than supply. Uh, that'll equal out, and it'll come down to everything else. It always goes in cycles. We go through these cycles almost every year. It's just it's accentuated because of the COVID issue. But, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're thinking about buying a used car and you're not in a hurry, Uh, I'd wait for a a few more weeks, and uh, I think prices will be down to normal. Rick? I would be watching for one other thing, though,
1: say in the next beginning in about a month and for about the next six months to a year, they just had Louisiana get hit again with, just a couple days ago, a 9- to 20-foot storm surge that traveled Saltwater, many miles inland, mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a whole bunch of used cars start traveling throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. with high water marks in them, yeah. flood cars.
3: Yeah, Great point. Good so point. folks, be Good on point. the
1: watch yeah. for a new shift of flood cars, especially to those states like you've mentioned, Earl, like New Jersey, yeah. where it's easy to uh, wash a title.
0: But if you remember Earl's rule number one when you buy a used car is always have it checked out by an independent, you're a mechanic, someone you trust, and you have to pay him. I mean, don't be cheap. You might have to pay 150 200 bucks. That um, qualified technician will be able to tell you yeah. if the car has been in a flood and a lot of other things. I mean, he's going to check the car out from top to bottom and you'll find out if it's it been in bad accidents. I know Carfax will do that. Uh, you're going to find out if there are mechanical problems. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> if you can only do one thing before you buy a used car, have a mechanic check it out first.
2: A couple of years ago when Hurricane Maria hit the Houston area, um, we had Alan Napier, our collision expert on the show, and he gave out a lot of helpful tips on how you can, signs you can tell if there was was any flood damage, just, just as a consumer. And as these start coming back in the, into the market, uh, let's uh, maybe get Alan on the show. It'd be a very yeah. relevant topic.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the car dealers, in fact, a lot of these, depending on the people that are selling these cars on the market, Uh, They are not stupid. They are good at how they lie, cheat, and steal. And one of the things they do is they wash the title. And uh, they take a flood car and they'll go to a a state like Mississippi where you can get a title on any car. There's no regulation in Mississippi whatsoever. And you can get a fresh title for a car and you do not have any disclosure on there. And most states that have good rules, they have to say this car was totaled or damaged in a flood. Uh, So they also know what you look for when you're looking at a flood car. they'll look in the, You're supposed to look in the trunk, and you look under the trunk mat, and there, there's a series of things you can check to see water lines and water marks, but a, a really good uh, crook is trying to get you to buy it. They can take care of a car and clean it up pretty darn good, but they can't clean it up good enough to get by a good technician that knows exactly what to look for.
3: Yeah, they can uh, camouflage that mold yeah. odor. I, I also. have
0: good news. I just looked this up. Um, in
2: 2018, uh, Mississippi passed a law that made it more difficult to wash titles, so they cracked oh, down on it. I didn't know that. You know, didn't yeah, you? I didn't know that either. I'm like, I'm thinking, at this point in 2020, you know, they need to wake up and pass some decent regulations. Yeah, New Jersey is another bad one. Yeah,
3: something good happened. Uh, we're right. going to go to Grace, who's been holding. Good morning, Grace.
7: Good morning. How are y'all? We're
3: good well, morning. thank you. Welcome to the show.
7: Thank you. My question is have the new 2021 Toyotas come out yet?
2: Yes, they have. Well, not all of them.
7: And, not <laughs> Some all have. of them. Yeah. What's the difference from the 20s to the 21s? What what are the new features?
2: Well, uh the ones that we that are out right now is is right, right now it's just the um Corollas and it's the uh, and the Supras and um Okay. Yeah, um, every, every year there's some change that uh, Toyota and the other manufacturers do when they, a, a new model year, and um, most of the time they're superficial cosmetic things, they might be a little styling difference on the inside or a, a small feature, then more like every three to five years they'll do a, a, a redesign on the body. So in this case for the Toyotas, it's, uh, it's one of those um, incremental changes, it's very small, um and it's just a it's a slightly uh slightly different version of the same thing
7: is it a cosmetic or yes um, yeah nothing major cosmetic yeah, correct yeah. yeah
2: there's no chance of the engine or the transmission or the overall styling it just might be a, a little trim or they might make something and i and i'm i i, I can't give any details but maybe a, something that wasn't available in a package in the 2020 model would be available in a package in the 2021 so it's they're there pretty small differences it's still important to research it and find out because mm-hmm. sometimes there are changes that can surprise you I mean we've had things uh, uh, for example when they made the switch to um, uh, not having a spare tire <laughs> in a car I have actually messed oh, up really? and, w- and given bad information before so it's still important to do research it's not the it's not identical but it's pretty close
3: yeah, yeah sometimes that the and- sometimes the changes are so dramatic you're driving down the road and you you look at the car and you go wow is that a so-and-so, and it's just... Yeah, what is that? Yeah, it's just a car that you've never seen before, and then other times they're, um, well, minute. Minute? Yes,
7: minute. But
3: what's the,
7: the big difference between the Subaru and the Corolla? Is there much
3: difference?
2: Oh. Oh, between the, the Supra uh, with the Toyota? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, completely different car. Uh, the the super is a sports car that was had Toyota made a long time ago, and it took them about twenty three years before they re released it in, in twenty twenty. It's a fast little sports car, uh, and Toyota dealers probably sell one every every three months.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and
7: they're expensive.
2: Yeah, they expensive. Yeah, the MSRP is around fifty thousand dollars.
7: Oh my! Yeah.
3: And then you have the Corolla. It's gone through, you know. Quite a few changes, and well, you can soup that up, and uh, you know, you can you know really hit the road with it. Uh, it's a great little car, but it's definitely very different. Uh, two different apples and oranges. Two different cars.
7: I know my son had a Corolla, and he got fantastic gas mileage.
3: Yes, you definitely do. My grandson had one,
7: and that's still true today. With yes. the Corolla, yes, the gas mileage—that's mm-hmm.
3: awesome. Stu can tell you all about it.
2: Yeah, oh, it's got great gas mileage. It's also available in a hybrid. But we're we're veering into commercial territory for Toyotas here. But um, you know, yeah. it's a great car. Uh, I think it's the one of the top selling cars in history. So it's a, it is a great car.
7: All right. And how much are the new Corollas going for
3: this year?
7: Uh, the
2: Corollas are around twenty thousand dollars.
3: Okay, that's not bad. No, they're pretty reasonable. Yeah, Great gas mileage Great car Well, Grace, can we answer any other questions? No, that's it Uh, Thank you so much for uh, being part of the show Uh, We just love it We love it whenever uh, the ladies call You have a wonderful weekend
7: Thank you, thank you, thank you Enjoy talking to y'all
3: Thank you so much Our number here is 877-960-9960 Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget, www.youranonymousfeedback.com.
0: Before we get to Rick's YouTube, I have to do my uh, disclosure that I am an automobile dealer. And I always get a little embarrassed when customers call in and ask about the product we sell. We do sell Toyotas. And uh, Grace was talking a lot about um, Corolla, the Supra, and... Uh, This is not an infomercial. We're not trying to sell vehicles. Uh, Honda, uh, I think uh, Toyota is a good car. Honda is also a good car. Nissan makes a good car. Subaru makes a a good car. There are a lot of really, really good cars out there. And Toyota doesn't make all the good cars. I I recommend people shop and compare. I, I recommend, as you've heard regular listeners know, Consumer Reports. And sometimes you'll find out Nissan builds a better model than the Toyota. Sometimes Honda builds a better model than Nissan uh, for a particular you know, model, and uh, rely entirely on consumer reports. Or a year,
2: and yeah. uh, one one year could have it just a, a it could be a bad batch.
0: Yeah, exactly. No manufacturer builds all the good models. Uh, you can find in the best, highest quality line. There's some rotten apples in every barrel. Toyota's had its share of rotten apples, and so has Honda, and so has Nissan. <laughs> so you just can't go in blindly if you're buying a Honda and say that every Honda, the model they build is great. Uh, do your research, check out Consumer Reports, and if you're looking for a, a subcompact, or you're looking for an SUV, Consumer Reports will tell you who makes the best medium-sized SUV. And you can pretty well uh, uh, go to the bank on their information. So use that, don't take the word of the dealer or the car salesman, uh, do your own independent research. Okay.
2: Okay we have a text here uh, unless wait we're gonna jump over to Rick I just huh. I just stepped on his toes <laughs>
1: that's all right I wear steel toes uh, Josh Goldstein's asking can you speak to the dealer process for grounding leased vehicles does the financing company pay the receiving dealer an admin fee for accepting the return and staff time it imposes
2: well I think that question uh, goes into one of the probably most disorganized Uh, badly managed processes of most dealers Um, it's it's something that is uh, not organized by the it's not organized by the lender there is the lenders have a process for inspecting and getting the vehicles back to them when it comes to the dealers actual like intake of the cars most of the time it's left up to a salesperson who's not trained in the process who doesn't really care about getting the car back on time undamaged I'm not saying that they don't care about the customer but it's not their job, and I'm making air quotes here. Some dealerships do have an organized process. Some dealerships will even have a lease return manager, and it's kind of silly w- when you do see dealerships that mismanage it because it's it is a great opportunity for them to, um, um, to to resell a car. Somebody brings their lease car in to turn it in. Most of the time, they're they're releasing, even though there are other options that they can do. Um, but it is a uh, it's it's a process that's fraught with. Um, problems for the consumer. You turn it in, the cars can get driven by salespeople, taken on joyrides, damaged on the lot, and sometimes the lender is not even contacted and the, they don't even know the car was returned and then you, you get a bill or late payments. I had a
0: call last week from uh, Lessee and she had taken her lease car to another dealer to return it from, other than the one she leased it from and it was actually a dealer of another make and she left the car with the dealer of the other make. And he said, yes, we can take your lease in. Mm-hmm. And so you're at the risk when, when you return a car that wherever you go to buy your car, that dealer's gonna say, oh yeah, we'll take your lease mm-hmm. turn in, because they don't want you to go back to the dealer that built the car, especially the one that sold you the car. And so that's that happened, Then she got a, a huge uh, fix. Uh, she got a huge bill from the leasing company uh, because the car was damaged and she claimed, and I believe her, that she was not responsible for the damage. So if you leave your car with somebody that's not going to be responsible, they can drive the car, put miles on it, wear the tires out, mm-hmm. they can wreck it, uh, they can do any number of things, and you're totally responsible. So remember this, if you're a lessee, if you have a lease car, return it to a dealer of the make that you lease from. Be sure they do an inspection be sure that you collaborate that inspection. Take pictures. With pictures, take your pictures. smartphone. videos. Interior, videos, even better, and make a note of everything. There should be In a-
2: Miles, take a picture of the odometer.
0: Yeah, exactly. There should be a odometer, the tread, uh, the interior, exterior, and then sign off on the inspection report. Uh, be very careful because if you don't, you can get a huge bill. The leasing company that leased you that vehicle uh, is going to hold you responsible for it unless you can disprove that you did not do that damage to the car put that miles on the car. So yeah. you Funny yeah. story, and it's not late. always
2: the dealer's uh, fault. I can remember about 20 years ago, there was an old Toyota Motor Corporation, back when they called it TMCC, Lease Return, that sat in an empty lot that we had behind the dealership. and We spent probably two years trying to get them to come get their car. Literally weeds grew up through the engine compartment and eventually, I think we just—it uh, was considered abandoned, and we just sold it for scrap.
3: And, and ladies and gentlemen, this—this this has definitely happened. And uh, I'm sure all of you by now have probably watched uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Those odometers, boy, anything can happen to them when your car is sitting on a lot. So uh, take note and uh, remember to take those pictures and be very careful. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Or you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. We're gonna to go to John in West Palm Beach. Good morning, John.
8: Good morning. Can you hear me okay? We can. Okay, great. Um, just going back a little bit to what you guys were just talking about. I didn't hear the whole story. But uh my son just purchased a nineteen ninety one uh Toyota South and Uh, It has the original paint on it, 50,000 miles, it is uh, right-hand drive, and we just got done replacing the starter. Uh, Now, to get to the starter was quite a work, because we had to take the whole top half end end of the engine off to get to the starter, because it's not like uh, today where it's on the bottom. I was just wondering, with that 50,000 miles, uh, what else should we be looking for as far as maintenance and repair? Uh, that may be coming up. I don't even know if you guys have serviced many of them, but I do plan on bringing it up to show it to you guys because it is a, it's an extremely uh, rare car, being right-hand drive and still has its original paint and, uh, and being a 1991.
1: And now, what model was that, sir?
8: It's a 1991 Toyota Seltier. D-E-L... Oh, I forgot how to spell it. Hold on. Excelsior, uh, nineteen ninety one. It's it's the same as the uh, Lexus four hundred.
1: Ah, okay.
8: It has, it has a V eight. Uh, yeah, Excelsior. C e l
5: well, s
2: i o r. Wow. Was that something that was primarily sold in Japan? I don't think we had an Excelsior. that
0: wouldn't US be sold. No, right hand drive wouldn't be sold in oh, Japan. Yeah. I didn't hear that part. That. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
8: It, it yeah. came up through Mexico, it, it, it started in Texas, um, and it came, it came up through Texas, and uh-huh. then ended up here in Florida. Hmm. And I think, it's the only, I think this is the only one registered in Florida. I'm not I, sure. I think I, you just I stumped. I time.
0: think you just stumped the team, John. I, none of us have heard of that model, and hey. I don't know about it. It's, it's,
2: it's the version. I think it's a uh, like a North American version of the Toyota Crown, and I and I've seen those, and and that's the big um, luxury vehicle that you see in Japan. Yeah, it's, it's only sold over there. I think. Um, yeah. yeah.
3: Well, why does it have
8: a one.
0: right-hand drive? Hey, John. Europe, don't know.
3: Yeah. John, how'd you come upon that vehicle?
8: Um, my son is 17, uh-huh. and he started selling shoes and bicycles on Opera, and now he's on his, this is his, now his seventh car that he's bought and sold. His last car was a uh, uh, Mercedes uh, uh, 2001 AMG. Uh, that car went to Texas, and one of the things that he did, he, uh, because I told him, because we listened to you about videotaping, the guy that bought that uh, Mercedes, my son videotapes everything. When he buys and sells a car, he videotapes it. When the people drive off with the car, his, he videotapes it leaving. So what happened was when they put the car on the car carrier, he videotapes it the, the, of the car. When it got detected, the back windshield was broken out and it had some things dents in it. The guy called and said, hey, listen, this is how the car showed up on the carrier. My son, son said that's not how it left the driveway and send the videos, and that and uh, the guy says, thank you, because that's going to help the insurance company when it goes after the car repair.
0: Um We'd love to see that car, wait. John, if your son could bring it by sometime. We'd love to look at yeah. it. I, I, send I, us some I, pictures. I, yeah, I'll
8: be, I, I told him, I said, hey, they, if they like it, maybe they can put it in the showroom for a week. Not, I said, I want to drive the car. I don't want to sit in somewhere. Boy, that's a real, uh, but, uh, that's a real gem. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it was, I'm not going to say it's ahead of its time, but it, it's got, I think even the, the back seats recline. They're electric seats, and they recline. And they also have the vibrating massage. And uh, even the headrests are electric; you mm-hmm. can go up and down. And uh. you control the air. They have their own air conditioning control in the back. Like yeah, story. <laughs>
0: Can't wait to see that. I'd <laughs> love to see that. Thank you, John. For yeah,
8: I, I, I'll bring it by. I'm always. I, I bought a car from you, uh, and uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm I'm going to bring it by sometime.
0: Very uh, cool. Thank you.
8: you. Yeah. Um, so uh, I wanted to do this to you, the or the service department, Uh I'm telling my son, he has services up there, but he likes to do everything himself. And uh, I said, well, let's just go up there and have them change the oil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't probably have to do that part. But like I said, to, to get the new starter, like I said, you have to take the top half of the engine off.
0: Well, yeah Rick, Rick Rick would look at it with all of the yeah, you you'll have a crowd around that car when you yeah, come in. Yeah, absolutely.
3: So. Especially me. Uh John we're having a little bit of a hard time uh hearing you.
8: Uh, okay, do, is that okay. Uh, yeah, that's why I asked the first time. Um so anyways, yeah, we're we're gonna, I'm I'm going to be bringing it by some. Okay. Uh thank you. And uh maybe even uh yeah, uh yeah, I just got to figure out when I can get it out of his hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the uh but, um yeah, I will, I'll let them know that you guys would love to see that car. What what's a good day to bring it by? A weekday or like today or
0: oh, I, I I would say, Yeah, today today would be fine. Anytime you can just anytime. just give us a heads up okay. so we know you're coming.
2: Yeah, I think actually let me we okay. we have a no, we have a guy um who does like all of our social media and the photography. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And he's there yeah. during the week, so I think um anytime oh. Monday Monday through Friday would be probably preferable cuz he's there then. Yeah, we want to
0: get some video. We'll do yes. a YouTube on that with your, your permission.
8: permission? <laughs>
3: oh yeah okay
8: very
3: good okay bye. John we're gonna All be right, looking you. for you
8: okay great
0: thanks for calling All right, bye, bye. Thank, thank you very cool well, I love this show mm-hmm.
3: 1991 <laughs> Celsius wow
0: yeah, we're, we'd never hear something like this if we weren't on, on Celsius. the radio a 1991 Toyota we've never heard of That's with a so right-hand that. drive <laughs> I mean 50,000 miles I mean, if I didn't know about it, I'd say John was drinking. Now, yeah. is, is it true yeah.
2: that the last time you drove a right-hand drive car, um, you got into a, a wreck in Jamaica?
0: Uh, that's true. I didn't <laughs> remember that,
2: huh? <laughs> that's an old
1: story from my childhood. No, I think that was here. <laughs> okay. okay. I a Thanks, John. Of it, and it's basically the, the, like the Lexus, yeah. but with Toyota badges. And I think what they did here for the U.S. was they planned on bringing out the Avalon in '95. So they didn't bring the Celsior to the U.S. because they didn't want to kill the Avalon, which became the flagship for Toyota. Makes sense, uh, yeah.
3: Interesting. Thanks, Rick. Okay.
1: I got a text here from
2: Robbie and Stewart. It says, uh, good morning. Tesla seems to be doing very well. It it is. I think it's like $2,200 a share.
3: Absolutely fabulous. Uh,
2: (laughs) My question is, how does a Tesla do in resale? And do all dealers take them as trades or shy away from them? And That's from Robbie, like I said. Uh, Tesla does incredible on in resale. And I think the model three is like in the, is like in the top of the resale value. Um, I don't think any dealers would shy away from them. I, I mean, they're, they are expensive. I just don't see a whole lot. Once in a while we'll see when in on trade. But I think Tesla has a re, like a buyback program, there's some program with Tesla.
0: But we we don't see a whole lot of them. It's almost <coughs> counterintuitive that they do well on resale because you got to remember that the life of the battery uh, is not where it should be. Uh, they're aiming Elon Musk is aiming toward a million mile battery, mm-hmm. and uh, when he says he's very getting very close, meaning in the next few years. But right now, when you buy a Tesla depending on uh, how long that, you know, how old yeah. the Tesla well, is. Double, double all of Elon Musk's e- estimates. Yes. So <laughs> you, want, you want to be, you got to remember, if you ever have to replace the battery in a Tesla, uh, you're talking about half the value of the Tesla. Because yeah, so, it's half uh, the mass of the car. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, Tesla owners typically don't drive it very, very much, and uh, they have low mileage, and they probably turn them over more often. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the reason why the, they are, uh, you know, high, high, I'm them. still. I, work, I still I, want to work on you and Nancy I, to get one.
2: I think I know
0: you turned you turned
2: off from him, but I you know. think
3: I, uh, I I think of Elon uh, and uh, Elon Musk, and I just say to myself, you know, <laughs> everybody's poking fun at him, and you know we're talking about the stock market and everything in between, and I'll tell you what, he's laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> uh uh-huh. huh. be the richest guy in the world pretty soon. <laughs> Another wonderful idea at the end of the road.
2: How are we doing over there with YouTube, Rick?
1: Oh, we've actually got a couple of them right now. Um, Josh Goldstein actually and Denzel Thompson have both kind of come in with uh, similar questions. Uh, Josh Goldstein continuing with his comment on the uh, uh, lease returns, he says, "Thank you. That that's crazy. They didn't take the car for two years from your lot. <laughs> if the leasing companies are relying on dealer network, they should set or they should level set expectations." and compensate for the time and resources this imposes on the business. Is there justification that as a participating dealer this is a cost of doing business? Well that was a long time ago
0: and they've cleaned up their act,
2: they're much more careful now. And that was also in that situation, there's two parts to to the question, that was unusual because in the southeast, we've talked about this a lot, there's a captive lender for Toyota and that's Southeast Toyota Finance, the Toyota Motor um, Credit Corporation was outside of the region and so there was a I think this car was returned from California but the manufacturers do not compensate the dealers uh, to handle that. Um, they look at it as an opportunity that the that the dealers get to re-interact with the customer and sell them another car yeah. and some dealers recognize that as a value. In it's, some, a, some it's, a, it's a
0: huge opportunity and that's the whole reason for leasing because if you lease a car the manufacturers got about a 50 percent better chance of selling or leasing you another car, and the same thing to the dealer. So the dealer loves the leases, the manufacturers love the leases, and just don't love them too much because if, you're, if, you, if you go in to buy a car and the dealer's pushing you to change to a lease, beware. Uh, there's an ulterior motive. A lease or a buy is usually a 50-50 proposition, meaning it's about as good a deal if you buy it right or lease it right. Sometimes there's advantages to one or the other, but there is no inherent advantage to leasing or buying. But you'll believe there's an inherent advantage to leasing if you listen to the manufacturer or you listen to the dealer. They love to lease cars. They make more money when they lease it. They make more money up front, and they also get you back to buy another vehicle or lease. Think about it. When you lease a car, they know who you are, where you are, and you have to bring the car back to them, mm-hmm. and that really enhances their chances yeah. of getting you. No know, matter again. what
2: you do, if you if you buy it, if you turn it in,
0: you, you trade it in
2: some way, you have to go back to the dealer. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you if you and
0: lease the car, if, you, yeah. if it's a trade-in, you take it anywhere you. Want. I mean, yeah, if it's, yeah. you buy it, you can trade a Honda in to a Toyota dealer or a Chevrolet in to a Buick dealer or whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. but you can't don't have that advantage when you lease. And Denzel
1: Thompson is asking, how often do dealers penalize early payoffs on financing? How Good question.
2: Well, I mean, how often does it happen or do, how is it common practice for a, a manufacturer like a lender to, uh, to have a penalty? If there's an incentivized financing program um, where you've got a break, say, on the price of the car, the, the penalty is more substantial. On a, on a, uh, on a Finance, like an incentivized financing program where you don't get a break on the price, it's pretty nominal, I think it's like 175 bucks, 125 bucks, it's pretty small. But if you make, for example, let's say they advertise a car at a lower price if you finance with Ford Motor Credit and you save $2,000, if you pay that off a month later and you, now you've gotten the advantage of the lower price, they're going to make that up and you're going to get a substantial penalty.
0: And also when you pay a car off early, you have other products that a dealer may have sold on there, like maintenance agreements and gap insurance and and extended warranties and things like this. After, uh, was it 60 or 90 days, Stu? Yeah, Uh, 90. I think it's 90 days. Yeah, after 90 days, uh, you are an owner of that extended service contract and you will be paying, you're not going to get that money back. you get prorated. Uh, yeah, it's prorated. So you're going to have to pay for it whether you used it or not. So. Hmm. Okay. Got another one. Uh, I got one last one. Rashid Rabhabib
1: is asking, hi, and Earl, Nancy and all, a question. We have a one-month-old Tundra, lots of fun, with one issue so far. The driver's side window squeaks periodically. What can be done to solve the problem? Take it into Rick four. Well, can you spray something on there? The first question I have is is if they've added window tint, if you've had window tint added, quite often that window tint is what starts causing that squeak because oh. the the cleaners that they'll use can dry out the rubber just a little bit on the window channel, oh. and what I would recommend is a little bit of a simple like a grease pencil type uh lubricant a silicon lubricant, but in a hard form that you can get from the auto parts stores and just rub it on the window channel just a little bit and then run the window up and down. I do not recommend spraying any sort of sprays down into the window channel or down in the door because Toyota has actually told us that silicone spray sprayed inside the door can kill the door lock actuator motor.
3: Oh, goodness. Wow. I did not know that.
1: It's something you got to really watch
0: for. I didn't know that thing about window tint. That's the reason I love the show, too, because I learned things from Rick that uh, I don't know, and I've been doing this for 50 years. Uh, Window tint, they actually use some sort of a drying thing that will...
1: Well, the the soapy water that they'll use when they're putting the window tint on, Uh and also the tint makes it just a little bit thicker because they will work the tint in behind the rubber a little, so now the thickness of your glass has just been increased a little bit by the thickness of the tent. Interesting. And sometimes that'll make some noise that you just can't get rid of because yeah. of that added window tint.
3: Boy, that's great advice. I, I'll know not to uh, grab. I have a lot of these lubricants at home, Houdini and uh, this JC silicone, and then I have the uh, liquid. Uh, but uh, I would have grabbed any one of those yep. thanks for great information ladies and gentlemen you must have a question or an opinion give us a call you're a big part of the show 877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530 right. and we have a great mystery shopping report coming up this morning at the uh, nine thirty, and it's from schumacher chevrolet uh so we'll go back to Stu. i believe that he has a yeah. A lot of I got uh,
2: I got plenty I got questions coming out of my ears
3: Oh I got to interrupt you Okay <laughs> we're gonna well we're gonna go to Frank who's uh, holding in uh, Jupiter Farms and uh, uh, I'm glad he's calling because he probably has a continuation of the saga from last week Good morning Frank I hope you got good news
9: Well hey good morning Earl and Nancy Hey Frank um, We're still working on my dilemma from last weekend so okay. we'll leave that set for now okay um, but um one thing I, I i keep noticing at different people and it's so refreshing um i was getting gas at sam's a week or so ago and there was a car right next to me with the western sun shining on it the paint job it was just looking beautiful like a purple green metallic and it was like alive yeah, and um the owner the owner was um, bought the car at you five years ago. It's 2015, I believe, Camry. Um, he was excited with the car, excited with the dealership. She says, "I get free tires. I never have to buy tires again." And um, it was a really nice looking color. I said, "Wow, this is kind of cool." And then just a few days ago, I'm at Costco because you guys. I like going to Costco. You guys do a great thing for every um, um, stores around here. But anyway. There was another camry out there with the same paint job and i said look at that this is um what what color was i really looking at
2: i don't know that sounds kind of so
9: It 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 changed colors or is it just uh no no it was it it wasn't like uh, 20 years ago the mustangs had that mystic black that went from purple to green to blue this was just a lot of metallic um reflection like it seemed like a darkish purple but with a little bit of green speckles maybe or
3: sounds like a little psychedelic psychedelic. (laughs) yeah Yeah.
2: when you first started describing it, I was thinking of um, because there was a law firm that bought cars from us called Fetterman and Associates and they painted their cars with this it it was called interference so it was you put a color on one angle it dried then they painted another and as as the sun hit it it literally kind of changed colors and um, but I don't know which one you're talking about I mean when the sun hits some of the paint uh, with the pearl finish and the metallic finish, it does uh, refract light and gives it a pretty neat um, thing um, effect. Um, I can't. I'm, I'm going to try and look it up, Frank.
9: Yeah, I wish I had gotten the owner's name because he was a very, very happy, satisfied older gentleman, and um, just, just ecstatic about your dealership. And um, like a lot of people, I mean, I, I find a lot of positive sayings from people that bought from you. As opposed to other dealerships and obviously your mystery shopping brings that to light every week. <laughs> thanks,
0: Frank. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning and, that. Yeah.
9: And the big dog ranch thing I'm always very happy to hear about that. So
3: oh, thank you. fantastic. Well
0: Frank, thanks very much uh for uh calling us. Uh, uh anything else on your mind while we got you on the phone, we love you to call.
9: Yeah, no, no. I'll just um, looking forward to the call that your son's gonna give me early this week that's right we'll
0: fantastic take care of yourself thanks. my friend Call good, in your uh, good
3: good luck with your continuing saga and uh, i yeah, you'll,
9: c- you'll hear about it when it's, when it comes to a happy ending when it yes. when
3: it escalates oh happy ending oh, that's mm-hmm. nice very yeah. nice okay thank frank thanks for tuning in
9: have a nice weekend bye-bye
3: <laughs> thank Bye. you the same to you uh i think we'll go back to Stu. he was about to share yeah something with us
2: uh we got a quick question from bob in maryland he just wants to know is there a hatchback version of the Camry or Corolla hybrid, and there's not. Um, Corolla does make a hybrid, I mean, a a hatchback, but it's not, and the the hybrid version doesn't. And Camry doesn't have a a hatchback version at all. They did have a wagon back in the 90s, though.
9: Yeah.
2: And uh, I remember those. I think 96 was the last year they made it. Um, Here's a question for Rick, I think. It says, uh, we have a 2010 Prius. It's five years old. We've had had the fan for the AC replaced, uh, and we just had to replace it again. Is this common? It was five years ago they replaced the fan. Uh, is this problem common? It could be that it we just, just turned 190,000 miles. It's a lot of hours of use, and that's from Jim in Riviera Beach.
1: Uh, unfortunately, Toyota fans, it's one of their big failings lately. The blower motors seem to die very easily. They'll get clicks and noises when they're running, and otherwise they just quit. And it's uh and this is a twenty ten, this is yeah. a ten year old car. It's it's not a it's not like it's a across the board, they're dying once a year, but they don't seem to have the longevity that they should have. My opinion, a fan should last at least eight or ten years and a replacement should be at least another eight or ten years. So, I mean, five years out of each fan, well unfortunately I think he should have gotten a little more than that, but like I say they they seem to be a little bit of a just a weak point in the chain on the cars
2: yeah the same alright we we're going to jump over to anonymous feedback and uh, it's another critical one of, of Mr. Stewart Oh, good. okay as a financially secure person under 50 years old I've got a pet peeve with you Earl you're talking about US indebtedness then you start criticizing a solid down payment being required for a low monthly payment how else you gonna, how else you gonna make it happen you're going to have to put skin in the game at some point. Come on. At least it's not a huge balloon back-end
0: payment. Well, yeah, there's, you know, there's two things or three things that uh, they call them the three C's. Lender's credit, collateral, and something collectability or something. Uh, you have to look at your overall picture before you determine down payment. There are people, if Warren Buffett were to come in uh, to uh, a car dealership and he wanted to finance a car, I don't think they'd ask him for a large down payment because if he wanted to finance the whole thing, they know that his credit is solid gold and he's totally collectible. He has a collateral. Uh, uh, Lenders make their decisions on down payment based on all your credit worthiness. And sometimes if you have uh, an 850 Beacon score and you can say, I don't want to put any money down, they say, no problem. Uh, because they know you're going to make your payments. On the other hand, if you got a 500 Beacon score, uh, you might have to put maybe 20% down. Uh, the lower your score, the higher the down payment.
2: The other factor is just the incredibly low interest rates we got right now. If you have, if if you're getting zero percent or 0.9 on an incentivized thing, or even a non-incentivized paying three percent, you know, keep your money. You're earning more on your money than you are paying an interest rate. So it's sure. just a calculation you got to make. Depending on your personal situation,
0: if you can borrow money to finance your car uh, for zero 0%, percent, yeah, throw, well, was a zero, but that's that's manufacturer yes. subsidized captive financing. Okay, a 3%. normal bank will loan you money for three percent if you have really good credit to finance the car. You can take that money that you would have otherwise paid or used as a down payment, and you can put it in earn ten percent. You can you can reasonably, conservatively invest it. And if you look at the stock market over the past 50, 60, 70 years, uh, you're going to earn an average rate of return somewhere around 8%. And if you can borrow the money at 3% and earn 8% on your money when you invest it, why would you want to uh, pay cash? Throw it away. Yeah, or make a big down payment. Okay. More anonymous feedback?
2: I saw your mystery shopping report on Fuchilo Kia of Cape Coral. And holy sheep dip Those finance terms Head hurting I reached for my credit card And purchased the entire car with it Since the interest rate is lower No wonder people are poor SMH Which means shaking my head And there was an F in there too Which I will not Oh boy I will not explain Is that for chilo <laughs> or for Chio? Probably. I, he got me off guard I think it's fusilo. Yeah, that could be wrong. You know, this
3: is, a, as I'm going to interrupt, and this is just amazing that we're sitting here and we are just giving out so much information. Uh, Mr. Anonymous, uh, did he really expect all that information that you gave him? <laughs> uh, uh, kudos to you, to all of us, and uh, to you uh, who sent in the text message. And ladies and gentlemen, I just want to thank everyone uh, for joining us and being part of the show. Uh, you, you just don't realize you know how important you really are uh it's not us it's you so uh we want to take a moment and thank all of you and to mr anonymous take a look at earl's uh, columns i mean at earl on cars i mean there's so much talked about paying cash uh not paying cash and uh i i i just can't thank everybody enough yeah 877-960-9960
2: all right you, you 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 made a comment on on car buying and you got a uh, sound financial advice i'm telling you <laughs> yeah. we, we you, took yeah, them for a walk me, uh, to you the wall, me what wall street time it
0: was when i told you how to build a watch
2: that's okay that's all right <laughs> the call volume's a little bit lower today so we, we got some time to fill all right here's another anonymous feedback submission why can't car why can't buying a car be as easy as when i bought my new cell phone price was with within reason and that's it um and anonymous gave his name. That's Eddie. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's our whole point. Why can't it be as easy as, as buying a cell phone? We 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 usually say, why can't it be as easy as buying a refrigerator or a lawnmower? Um, it's a long, sordid history,
0: uh, rooted back in probably horse sales in the late. I, I'll 1990s. give you I'll give you the, reader, the Reader's Digest version: is that car dealers are unique in the fact that they are protected. They are protected species, and they're protected by state laws and they can get away with just about anything and that's what they do and the reason you can't buy a car like you buy a loaf of bread is because the car dealers can flim flam you and they're protected and there should be laws that are enforced there should be regulations that are enforced but car dealers get away with bloody murder and it's a shame every advertisement you see by car dealers virtually gotta throw that in but 99.9% of the car advertisements you see are illegal. They violate the Federal Trade Commission rule or the unfair and deceptive trade practices. And if the laws of the land were enforced, it wouldn't happen. They are protected species.
3: Absolutely. And uh, this leads me to... uh, Well, who's supposed to be protecting us? And that is the Attorney General. And the Attorney General is supposed to be uh, protecting the uh, consumer against uh, these frauds and scams and uh, just everything. But I think she's busy. (laughs) Attorney General Ashley Moody. Please, give her a call. You can help us out. You can just really, well, uh, help us out. And her phone number is 850 414 3300 And that is 850-414-3300. That is Attorney General Ashley Moody.
2: Okay. Um, anonymous feedback. With the apparent shortage of used vehicles, what do you guys think about the possibility of using where you return your current lease as a bargaining chip in the negotiation for leasing a new vehicle from the same manufacturer. I'm guessing the dealer who receives the lease return has the first opportunity to purchase it from the capital leasing arm of the manufacturer before goes the auction. That is true. Um, I'm also assuming that the dealer would be able to buy the vehicle at a reduced cost versus the buyout cost since it would save the leasing company the trouble and expense of transporting and auctioning the vehicle. That is also true in most cases. In the current used car market... um, To clarify that a little bit, In other words uh right so when you lease a vehicle um from a a dealership there is an established uh, uh, residual value the amount that you can buy the car um um, from the leasing company at the end of your lease that's established when you sign the contract um let's say you buy a thirty thousand dollar camry you might be able to buy that car for seventeen thousand dollars after three years and i'm just making that up um However, at the end of the lease term, if you do not exercise the option to buy, which most people don't, in most cases it's, it's higher than you can buy for a comparable vehicle the same year, make, model, and miles, um, the lease company has a dealer buyout that they can buy out for those very same reasons because it is less expensive uh, for them to do that. There's no
0: disposition it. fee, Correct. for example.
2: And because um, if the leasing company takes the vehicle back and the uh, dealer doesn't buy it, it goes to auction, like you pointed out in your comments and it's a roll of the dice now right now it probably benefits the manufacturers because the used vehicle prices on the auction market is is very high but sometimes they can lose so they want to sell that car to the dealer or to the uh, to the lessee Um, they have uh, most manufacturers has a have a sophisticated network Um, it's like an online auction the dealer who leased the car gets first crack they get the first say whether they um, want to buy it or not if they refuse to buy it it goes onto an, an online network and it's usually bought by a dealer somewhere and that's that happens every single day and in high volumes and that is one of the um, one of the best sources of used cars that
0: dealers and can the get. bottom line is you should establish independently the value of your lease return you cannot look at the residual because that is Stu said it's usually higher yep. than what you want to pay for the vehicle but with a little bit of effort you can get bids on your lease car from used car buyers. Yeah. And you can find out, they don't have to know you're leasing it. Just say, what's the value of this 2017 whatever? Mm-hmm. And uh, you can check and get the actual cash value, known as the wholesale value of the vehicle, and compare it to your residual. You might get lucky and find out that you can buy this for $2,000 yeah. below the wholesale value. In which case, you should buy the car, even if you don't want to keep it, because yeah. you can flip it and probably sell it to the dealer that you lease the car from and make a $2,000 profit. Yeah.
2: Yeah. V- vehicles yeah. that have really high resale value sometimes work out to the, you get the best of both worlds. So when you have a high residual, it means it's pretty expensive to buy at the end of the lease, but the trade-off is you get a lower payment because you're paying for less of the car Um but on these uh, vehicles, um, if we're talking about the Tesla, and I don't know if that's a good example or not, but a super high resale value might be worth more than the residual at the end of the lease. You can even take some cash out of the deal yeah. if you. If you, if a, you lot, a lot of
0: cars <laughs> that were leased three years ago that are coming due during this issue we have with the COVID and the, and the uh, skyrocketing used car prices. They might find out that the residuals of car lease three years ago, not anticipating this low supply, high demand of used cars, Mm -hmm. you might be able to make a profit. So if a car is coming back in today's market at the end of a lease, be sure you check the wholesale value before you do not... Make the decision, not to exercise your right to buy it.
3: Absolutely. Be real careful, ladies and gentlemen. we got this uh, Labor Day weekend uh, coming up soon, and, uh, boy, there's a, a lot going on out there. You may be able to get yourself a great deal, and then again, not. So just a word to the wise. Be careful of the mailers, the advertisement. There's a lot going on, like I said. Put them Back in the recycling
2: stew. bin. All, hmm? all direct mail, put it in a recycling bin.
3: There you go. Put it in the shredder.
2: <laughs> here's, here's a good question from an anonymous um, questioner in North Carolina. In negotiating the price of a new car, the salesperson agrees to lower the price in the amount of the $699 dock fee. Before signing the buy, the bill of sale lists the sales price as agreed, but the dock, is all, dock fee is also listed. What should I do? And that's uh, from someone in North Carolina.
0: Well, I recommend my blog, Take Control. It's the current blog. It addresses that issue exactly, and what you don't want to do is, you know, it's funny. You know, my phone's ringing in my ear, and I got it on mute and everything. Anyway, what you what you <laughs> what you want to do is uh, is to be sure. Well, I forgot what I was saying. I was. Uh, you
2: got uh, distracted by a phone call in your ear. Yeah, I got a phone yeah, call the question out. was about when they lower the price. You're talking about your blog about yeah, taking yeah, control. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't play the dealer's game and you don't get into the dealer fee game. You say, give me your best out-the-door price. Take away all of their deceptive and unfair negotiating tactics. Once you start playing the dealer-installed accessory argument, once you start arguing about hidden fees like electronic filing fee and uh, uh, disposition fee, and uh, uh, you know, they got a name for 25 or 30 names for a hidden fee, and you don't want to play their game. You go in and you say, "I'm going to buy a Chevrolet from you or one of the other three Chevrolet dealers that I'm dealing with. I'd like to buy from you if you have the best out-the-door price." And the out-the-door price is the price that I can write a check for, hand you the check, and get in the car and drive it home. That simplifies things, takes away their, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors. Mm-hmm. And you do that three times, and you take the guy that gives you the best out-the-door price. Right. You
2: cut to the chase. You get through all the stuff. And yeah. it just comes. Our big problem with the dealer fees is how it's used in advertising. It understates the value of an advertised car. Yeah. You get through all that smoke, get to the very bottom line, what am I writing the check for?
0: And as I said earlier, it's against the law to advertise a car without including the dealer fees, the hidden fees, and the price of the car. Uh, the dealer we shopped this afternoon had thirteen or $1,400 in hidden fees. Three fees, $1,400. Yet he advertises those cars without the hidden fees. Yes. That's against the law.
2: And if that yeah. bothers you, listen to Nancy and call Ashley Moody if you live in Florida. And get them to pay attention to this.
3: Yeah. Absolutely, thanks to. And control, if all that control. doesn't work, uh, you can uh, download uh, a uh, affidavit from uh, Earl on Cars, and that's a tool for an honest price from a car dealer at last. Right. And you can take that and you can use it, uh, you know, uh, uh, it takes you a long, long way. If they won't sign that, leave. Yeah. You can uh, get all the details that are on cars about that de- affidavit. Yeah.
2: If you want to see a confused and frightened look on a sales manager's face, whip that thing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
3: uh, you won't have to leave. He will. <laughs> exactly.
2: Um, good morning. Uh, this is Anonymous Feedback. Good morning, longtime listener. Love the show a little, little bit of criticism. Uh, you mention a lot about the lifetime powertrain warranties saying that they're useless because newer car motors and transmissions never fail with correct maintenance. That is not true. I've been a mechanic for Ford for 25 years and my brother's a mechanic for Toyota. We've seen blown motors blown mo- motors more often than you would think with very little miles on them that all we do that, and, all, and all the maintenance is done according to the specs. Also my brother at his dealership um, has replaced a few motors a year. It can happen. These are machines. Anything can happen. I uh, just don't think it's alright when you say newer motor or transmissions will never fail. That's just not
0: true. Well, let's, uh, let's put it this way. I, I don't think I ever said no. that an engine or transmission would never fail if it was properly maintained. Highly improbable. Yeah, a low quality car uh, uh, that it's going to happen. Uh, you, you can get struck by lightning. Uh, I will say this. In our dealership, uh, we have uh, a, a, out of self-defense, because so many people think that uh, the, the uh, powertrain warranties are good, we give them away. And uh, you, uh, we, uh, I was a dealer many years ago. And We're self-insured. Hmm?
2: And we're self-insured too. Yeah, we, yeah. Know, we don't have a. War- we, we just we pay out of pocket if there's a claim. Yeah. we haven't paid out a so claim yet. So would we <laughs> be
0: giving away powertrain warranties if 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 there were going to be claims to be paid? There that is. One. There are no claims. Not one so far. Not one. And uh, I did that many, many years ago. Uh, Valvoline used to give a free powertrain warranty if you use Valvoline oil in the car. And I did it for years and years and years, never had a claim. So yes, you're right, lightning does strike, but it doesn't strike very often and it's not worth yeah. uh, being lured to buy a car because of it or pay yeah. any money for it yeah. whatsoever. It's nice if you get it, but don't make, let that be yeah. a factor. Yeah, sure. It's not, not going to hurt you. Yeah.
2: Okay. Hello, is it possible to have the alignment checked before accepting delivery? I bought a new, 2009 Kia Optima and the alignment was not correct. Great question.
0: Can I tell my story? Yes, you can. Yeah. Um, you have five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cars coming from the factory make a long trip. Some of them come from Japan, Mexico. They get on planes, trains, and automobiles. And they get on and off trains, planes, and automobiles, trucks, and when you do this, you can easily knock a a vehicle out of alignment. So, uh, knowing this, uh, we began years ago checking the alignment on our new vehicles because we thought about one out of 10 was out of alignment. Uh, Toyota, I'm a Toyota dealer, they got angry at me and said, you can't do that. I said, well, this is why I'm doing it. I have to do it to protect my customers. Uh, They didn't like it because I was charging them for the check on the warranty. Uh, So they were saying we should only do an alignment check when the customer complains about my car being out of alignment. I said, why should I do that? Well, I can check the alignment and if it's out, I'll do it. Uh, To punish me, they came in and did a massive warranty audit and found nothing out of line with the alignments that I am doing. So uh, it's a great idea and you should insist on buying a newer used car, insist that the dealer check the alignment and that you see the print uh, of the checkout to be sure you really did it, and it's a new car or a car you haven't bought yet. If it's out of alignment, make him alignment and make make him align it and pay for it. So yes, that's uh. I told you how to build a watch. You <laughs> asked me what time it was.
1: That's okay. It's very yeah.
0: important. Go ahead, Rick. Can I just
1: throw one quick note in here? Oh yeah, sure. Years ago, when we got as technicians, we would be able to go to the uh, Jacksonville Port for training. I saw the result of one of the ships that had transported cars from Japan. And in a violent storm in the Pacific, one car had broken loose <laughs> of its chains oh. and tumbled <laughs> through the hold.
0: Uh-huh. Destroyed. And they had 50 <laughs> well, cars. But was it out of alignment?
1: I it was out think of everything. it was incredibly out of alignment. 50 cars lined up that were just demolished. So yeah, transport, things can happen.
2: Okay. Let's see. Um, Jumping over to anonymous feedback. Uh, Please explain state and federal rebates on Prius. Is there a push button up in the hatch? Also appears to be a bit heavy. Uh, First part of that uh, question, uh, a long time ago, uh, there was uh, available on, well, I think it still exists for some manufacturers. There's a federal tax credit that was offered to purchasers of electric and hybrid vehicles and it was based on the number of vehicles sold the prius being an early hybrid um that ran out years ago so there isn't i think there still is some on tesla i could be wrong and maybe some other manufacturers um so that's a federal tax credit uh, is there a push button to open the hatch on the on the new 2020s yes there is and also i think that's a little insulting that you know calling a prius heavy it's uh you got to be a little bit more sensitive than that
1: yeah i think what they may mean is that the hatch feels heavy oh opening the back hatch <laughs> they're talking about the overall yeah prius. and prius actually does not have a power hatch per se it's the yeah, it's you have an thing. electric button that yeah. will release it yeah but Pops then you it. lift the hatch with yeah it's not a motorized perhaps. thing like like your no. truck but it
2: it no. does open it with a push button okay um the next anonymous feedback and i think we're going to get to these in time and we'll have right. the mystery shop report Oh, this is a great idea. Hi, good morning. Er, uh, would Earl make an audiobook version of his book available on Audible? What about an ebook version on Kindle? I would really enjoy an audio version, uh, especially read by Earl himself or even Stu. Wow thank Ooh. you well let me just say something real quick Earl is the guy with the radio voice um, I feel like especially with this mask on I'm <laughs> that I'm a mumbling fool well you got but, me
0: on the procrastination how long have I been talking about that
2: yeah we you know we we're sitting here in a studio there's mics all around us with professional sound recording equipment it could be done you'd
0: have to spend a, just like what a couple of weeks in here reading oh Lord. I mean you yeah. know if, if someone could get me the recording equipment that I could do it. It's comfortably I would too, do it. Yeah. But well yeah maybe you can I do, it. do it. I maybe should do, do it. Maybe you could
2: do after commit to doing this next year. Uh after every show you said you read one chapter. Yeah. Record it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not gonna read it. <laughs> 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 All right. The last um uh last anonymous feedback is similar to the the prior one. It says how does state and federal rebates work on the Prius? I did just answer that and the answer is there aren't any federal credits or rebates, uh, tax-wise or otherwise, um, for the for any Toyota hybrid or electric vehicles at this time.
0: Yeah. Okay, uh, Rick, you got YouTube Got over here. one
1: quick one left here. Uh, Gio is asking, my wife has a 2017 Civic with 25,000 miles. She owes $3,500. Should she trade it in now or wait until it's paid off to trade in?
0: Well, it depends on the ACV. That's the actual cash value or wholesale value. And uh, you want to be sure that uh, you know you like to trade a car in or buy another car when you have positive equity in the car. What do you think, Stu? Um, I'm embarrassed
2: to say I was reading the text that just popped in when that
1: question was right, read.
0: Well, Thirty-five hundred dollars <laughs> uh, p- payoff left on uh, 2000. What was it? What year? What it's year? a 17 Civic with 25,000 miles. So we just need to know the ACV of that, and he owes uh, $3,500 on it. I think you got equity yeah. in there, break even. Yeah, if it's and, a good uh, like 20, it in good condition 2017. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And that's good. <clears throat> I mean, nice to be aware of this because too many people, a very high percentage, unfortunately, are trading cars in and even lease cars that are uh, being paid off, and they go into the next vehicle. Uh, we call it upside down, meaning negative equity and you buy a car for $25,000, you've got $5,000 negative equity in the car you traded in, so you're paying $30,000 for the car. And the car dealer won't tell you that. Uh, He'll smoke and mirror and flim flam you. Often, I love these advertisements that say, we'll pay your car off, we'll pay any car off. Well, they will. They're paying your car off with your money because they are asking you to pay $5,000 more, or whatever the payoff is, on the next car you're buying.
2: Yeah, they're folding but up the check. Tell you that. Yeah, they're putting it in the
0: envelope and licking a stamp, but exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the yeah. money's coming out yeah. of your bank account. Yeah, <laughs> they're taking the money out of your pocket and mailing it to the <laughs> lender, and you think that they're paying it off for you. Yeah. Well, as Sue said, they're paying for the stamp. Exactly. But you're paying for the uh, payoff.
3: Rick, wait, how many miles did you say was on that? $25,000.
0: Know, that
3: was a 2017? 2017.
1: 2017. Wow. Yeah. Unless you, unless that car's is wrecked, is Kelly Blue Book still a good way yeah. to get a reasonable idea of the value of your car?
2: Yeah, but I'd still be careful, just because the volatility of the used car market lately has been kind of unprecedented. Um, so, but Kelly Blue Book is is a good starting point, and it gets you right in the ballpark. Um, you know, we use it um, a lot. Just I mean, just uh, just as a quick thing. I mean, we have well, a lot more, be, yeah.
0: They probably get their information from Mannheim, yeah. which is the the ultimate source manheim is virtually a monopoly auto auctions Mm -hmm. over the whole usa and there's a auction at manheim going on almost 24 hours a day and it's all online we've been buying all of our used cars online for how many months oh i mean since the beginning of the pandemic yeah and and, and even before that that even before that so it's an online world a real-time world so if a chevrolet camaro goes to an auction in sacramento uh uh, 20 minutes ago, we know about it. Every dealer in the USA knows about it. It's all online. Real data, mileages, conditions.
2: Yeah. The way it used to be was, I mean, literally books were published monthly, and, and so yeah. much changes. So, And Kelly Blue Book would get these, would publish this a uh, physical book, you know, little yeah. booklet, and now everything is instant. So with instant data, you know exactly what the values are, and online you get it.
0: There was a new company early. came out the other day, uh, uh, WePayMore.com, and I asked our wholesale buyer about that, and there's a, they're advertising to pay more for your used car, and they're buying your used car, and they're taking a used car, and they're taking it through the auction. And another dealer buys it, meaning they're buying your used car for below wholesale, taking it to the auction, and making a profit. So a lot of these companies that are buying your used cars are actually wholesaling them. They're not retailing them, mm-hmm. and they're making a big profit. So don't take one buyer's offer if you go to webuyanycar.com if you go to CarMax if you go to Automation or whatever your source uh, Carvana, be sure you get several sources because you're going to find out that one is going to be much higher and uh, one's going to be much lower than the rest of them
2: I got one last text uh, before, oh. before we hit the mystery shopping report um, this is from Jay and Jupiter, he says I was raised with good old cars like a 53 Buick, but dad had a crappy Chevette that overheated on I-95 I turned off the key and the steering locked and it went off towards the buttress buttress of Blue Heron with me jerking on the steering wheel. Stopped in time, was able to drive home, cheated death again, and that's from Jay. (laughs) Oh, boy. That is a scary story. Mm-hmm. It, Chevette.
3: Sure. I remember it well. sure is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the time that we have our mystery shopping report, and that mystery shopping report is from Schumacher Chevrolet. We ask you to vote on our mystery shop. Your, your vote is very important. Yep. You can uh, text us at 772-497-6530.
0: Okay. Shop Schumacher Chevrolet. I don't know if any of our listeners have noticed, but we haven't done a mystery shop on any Schumacher dealership in a long time. Without getting into specifics, uh, this could lower the cover of our mystery shopper. The reason for this may be that uh, this mystery shopper may have been employed, but we're not saying right. he was. Some association. The, we're just <laughs> suggesting it might be the reason. Although we protected the identity of this agent for very good reasons, it was a disservice to our listeners to stay away from the Schumacher Auto Group. Schumacher is one of the older dealership groups in South Florida, established over 50 years ago. The television advertising is well known with owner Chuck Schumacher. Uh, the slogan you've heard it: "Join the family." Slight, I like the way he says slightly it. Slightly creepy. Though. Join our family. Does he say our family? Join the family. Join the family. We yeah. welcome you to join. Uh, the and it's a good. It's a good spot. It's a good commercial. And you know, talking about Schumacher, I was buddies. I won't say I was buddies. I knew his father, Dick Schumacher, uh, who started the Buick dealership on Okeechobee Boulevard many years ago. Was
2: it Chuck or Dick who bought um, our
0: Pontiac dealership? Who was who was no, it? No,
2: no, Didn't we sell the Schumacher?
0: No well, no he, he never had a, oh oh no that was uh, yeah well we Chuck Pontiac. Stuart Pontiac yeah, yeah. Stuart Pontiac yeah yeah he bought sorry about that yeah, Chuck yeah, yeah he made a mistake <laughs> <laughs> don't want to chuckle about that but sorry. anyway uh, they're they're one of the oldest uh, and and consistently one of the better car dealerships in this area. And uh, say that uh He's got a lot of dealerships. I think uh,
3: 13.
0: Yeah, 13. So uh, they're a, a mainstay family. We like that kind of thing. Uh, Schumacher projects an image of sophistication, a refined customer experience. Their marketing focuses on their reputation and a calmer buying process. Their online reputation, uh, which is not truly foolproof because gauging a dealer's uh, customer treatment they support their marketing claims. They generally, good uh, with Google reviews. You know, I'm I used to love Google reviews, and I still prefer them to other reviews. But everything can be manipulated, folks. They're in the game. Uh, generally, a Google review is a is a good indicator. Uh, sometimes it's not so good. So I would take multiple reviews and and go through other sources of confirming a dealer to be what he represents himself to be.
2: Read the three-star reviews.
0: Yeah, yeah. The last time we shopped the Schumacher dealership, they failed our Takata test. We also uh, know that they have a $1,372 in dealer fees. That's pretty hefty. Uh, I would say that might be... Above average. By, is that above average? Uh, yeah. Above average, I Above think. average, okay. Yeah. Which makes all of their advertised prices understated by this amount. Now, I, I repeat this. Uh, and we talk about Ashley Moody, Attorney General. $1,372 in fees. And I use the word dealer fee, but they don't call them dealer fees. They call them different things. And they advertise their price excluding this. Now, sometimes in the fine print, which you can read, uh, they might say, uh, plus this fee. They rarely say, plus all the fees. I'm just saying, uh, car dealers get away with it. Schumacher's just won. And at the end of the shopping report, we're not going to say... Do you fail him because he charges his, these dealer fees? No, because everybody charges dealer fees and it's just not right and uh, that's the way it is. We, we grade on the curve. The last time, uh, okay, we talked about that. Uh, Schumacher has three dealer fees. One of them he calls billing and handling. And that's nine thousand dollars okay? $995. So $995 is billing and handling. Uh, and then here's another one This is his electronic registration filing fee, $279. And then he's got something called a $98 private tag agency fee. Uh, They all sound pretty legitimate, don't they? But you know, you have to pay tax on these folks. And if you have to pay tax, Florida sales tax, on a fee, it's not a legitimate fee. It's not a government fee. So this is added profit, (coughs) $1,372 added to the price of the vehicle. He quotes you by the salesperson, online, or advertises. You have to pay another $1,372. So this week, with the help of Agent Lightning, we decided it was time to rejoin the family. And of course, Agent Lightning <laughs> is our new female shopper that we have sought to have a regular female shopper for years and years, thanks to Mrs. Sunrise. I should sorry to call it Mrs. Sunrise, Mrs. Stewart. Uh, Thank my you. co-host. Thanks to Nancy, we finally have a permanent, uh, regular female shopper, and that way we know that half the people buying cars are going to be represented. Half the people are females, so Agent Lightning. So uh, she's kind of a bright spark.
5: That's
1: right. Oh, sparky.
0: She's very illuminating. I like that. Uh, she's electric. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, guys okay, are, you guys are sharp. Uh, anyway. Lightning did so well last week on her debut solo mission. We asked her to wing it uh, this week. Her only instructions were go to Schumacher Chevrolet. Where they have West Palm Beach on, no, North Palm. North, North Lake. Yeah, you know, North Lake Boulevard. Yep. Um, where I go to Schumacher Chevrolet, pick out a car, tell the sales staff that she's buying today. Mm-hmm. That's what a salesman loves to hear. Hey, boss, I got a live one. Got to buy today. Yeah. And everybody gets excited. Okay, here's uh, Agent Lightning's report. I'll speak as if I were... Agent Lightning, I yeah, don't sound false, anything false like it. Yeah. Uh, my husband dropped me off at Schumacher Buick. Uh, I'm sorry, Schumacher Chevrolet 6.30 p.m. I entered the showroom, walked around hoping to be noticed and greeted quickly. Uh, this did not happen. Despite not being busy at all, I saw two other customers and several other idle salespeople. I was ignored. Uh, the good news is everyone wore a mask. I went outside, strolled around a lot. Thinking it may be seen by a salesperson, I may be seen by a salesperson. After ten minutes of this, I went back inside again. I observed four or five salespeople interacting with their phones and occasionally with each other, but no one said hello. At 6:52 p.m., remember that she went in at 6:30. At 6:52 p.m., a couple into the showroom and were immediately greeted by a salesperson. This was frustrating. I still had not been approached. Finally, at 6:56 p.m. Nearly 30 months after arriving, I was approached. Now, let me, let me rewind the tape here. Uh, Chuck, if you're listening, I know your blood pressure just went up uh, 20 points. Uh, no dealer or general manager, no supervisor in a car dealership likes to hear this. We've had that complaint. And we've had the complaint, and it is so maddening to think, that you've got all this money invested in this dealership and you spend all this money on advertising and you're paying your people good money to do what you ask them to do and somehow you can walk into a car dealership and be ignored.
2: It's one thing if you're busy. Yeah. If you're not busy, yeah. oh my God. But it
0: happens to the best and uh, I hope this isn't a standard operating procedure. I if it, it were, I don't think Schumacher I would it. be as successful as, yeah. as he is. Um, finally, in uh, 656, I was approached by Alex, uh, a greeter. Now it's interesting that it actually has a little bit. The greeter is supposed to greet. Be sure. Right. <laughs> the greeter. You <laughs> had one job. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, oh, I'm supposed to greet. That's why we call you a greeter. But uh, this uh, greeter apparently that was a, be,
2: by the way a greeter, and I know we've had big yeah. feelings about this. That, that can actually sometimes be a problem. you got one yeah. person yeah. and the sales just waiting for the uh, greeter. To Alex
0: had him. to go to the bathroom, yeah. uh, Alex had to uh, do something. But the point is, uh, it's not right and uh, there should be a backup. And I'm sure that Chuck Schumacher will hear about this and there will be uh, some conversations with the people responsible. You don't let somebody wait for th- a half an hour before you let them buy a car. You just hey,
3: don't. I'd love to talk to Chuck, you yeah. know why? Where I come from? You want to join the family? Eh, yeah. just a kiss. It's a whole
0: different meaning. <laughs> you know, I knew it was you, Chuck. Anyway, Alex wanted to know if I'd been helped. Now I'm Agent Lightning. And I told him I hadn't and complained that I'd been ignored for almost half an hour. Alex looked shocked and actually responded by saying, S H asterisk, asterisk, exclamation point. <laughs> oh, boy. So. Uh, that was a
2: genuine response, though I, I felt for yeah, that. I, yeah, I, I, it was, I felt bad for him. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was.
0: it was real. Um, uh, and, but you don't say that in front of a lady. But uh, anyway, maybe uh, I'm old-fashioned. Uh, you don't say i old-fashioned. You don't say it in front of anybody. nobody. Not in the, come, the Let's be honest. We nobody. say you know, a guy will say it in front of another guy but you don't like eh. to say it in front of a lady, certainly not a prospective customer. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Customers, you
0: shouldn't you know, say. He apologized, explained that it was a, his job to read customers, and he clearly failed to do this. I told him that I was there because of Schumacher's reputation, and I wasn't impressed so far. Of course. harsh. And, and she should not mm-hmm. have been. Alex apologized and introduced me to Chris, the salesperson. Chris got uh, right to business asked me what, was current, what I was currently driving, and if I planned to trade it in, I told him I didn't have a car. I came in tonight an Uber. That was brilliant, by the way. Yeah, we needed to get it to alternate with Lyft, so we yeah. didn't uh, get suspicious. Yeah, but the Uber thing, about. like the guy's like, you have no ride, yeah, you're, you're yeah. leaving in one
2: of my cars. Yeah, so you exactly. You yeah. I
0: said I need a car in the mid-20s, I needed to buy it tonight. I told him I had been getting around by bumming rides from friends, and occasionally running cars. Chris suggested some Chevys for me to consider. I uh, like the compact Equinox, uh, that was too small. Then he suggested a new Malibu. He said he had a 2020 model, and possibly a demo for me to consider. So, now we're off to the races, and we see what's gonna happen. And I can't lick my finger, because I got my mask on, and I'll turn <laughs> on the page. Okay, I got it. I told him that I liked the Malibu, and had rented one recently. Chris said, great, led me to the car. It was a 2020 Malibu LS, with an MSRP of 24,195. There was no addendum, that's good. No addendum, no phony monrony. Uh Something to confuse the buyers. And uh, Schumacher doesn't do that at the Chevrolet dealership, at least on this car. He suggested we take it for a test drive. I declined by explaining that I knew all about the car and was familiar with how it uh, drove from my renting experience, plus the fact she probably feels uneasy about getting into a car during COVID-19. You don't want to like to be in a closed area. Even with a mask, you are a little bit nervous. We don't insist on that anymore. That used to be a requirement. And uh, one of the reasons why Uber isn't doing too well, you don't want to be getting in a car Uh, with somebody you don't know in a closed environment. We went back inside, sat down. Chris asked me for my personal information to enter in his computer. They pulled up a Malibu on the screen to show me. It was the same new 2020 Malibu LS, MSRP, 24,195. The online price was indicated as 21,256. Ooh, now that's good. Chris printed a document that was labeled Preferred Customer Plan, a worksheet that showed my personal information, the vehicle Basic information like stock number, VIN, and miles. There was a blank where the price was handwritten. Chris wrote the MS. You know, that would be a signal right there when I handwrite the price.
2: I I thought that was not. Yeah,
0: I mean, everything else is printed and it kind of like in stone, kind of a, you know, here it yeah. is. Which is unusual and, because... And, and what's the price? Well, well, it the and conventional and, and. wisdom
2: is when yeah. something's printed, it looks official, it's more yeah. convincing to the customer. That know?
0: tells you that they don't know what the price is because they don't know how much they're going to be able to persuade you to pay. Interesting. So handwritten price, uh, $24,195, then a discount of twenty of $2,939. The price was written as 21256 with the classical Plus 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 plus. Below okay. yeah. that, uh, and plus plus plus. We, we need something different. We, we, uh, we used to do that. It used to be plus plus plus. Yeah. plus. Then we dropped the dealer fee and it just became yeah. plus plus. And some dealerships <laughs> it's plus, 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 plus. Oh yeah. Yeah. We had one that was nine pluses. Well, this one should you know, have more.
2: This one needs more pluses. You add them up. Yeah yeah. You right. tax, tag, title, filing fee, tag agency fee.
0: Anyway, this plus 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 referred to a nine hundred ninety-five dollar. Do they call it a dealer fee? No, that's what he wrote down on he, the worksheet. He, he wrote w- down. He wrote, yeah. See, it wasn't, uh, the name was actually billing and handling billing fee. And, handling. and yeah. he called it a fee. They call it anything they want to.
2: Yeah the, and, um, yeah, the billing and handling, that was from the last shopping
0: report we did. Yeah, so $279 private tag agency fee, that's, that's a, a clever name uh, for profit. And then a rose is a rose is a rose. Profit is profit is profit. Uh, so uh, profit is billing fee, Dealer fee, private tag agency, and profit is also a $98 electronic filing fee. That's dealer profit, dealer profit, dealer profit. The only thing that's not dealer profit is $250 to transfer the plate, to re- tag and registration. But... Assuming that's accurate.
2: Well, maybe that was just a mistake. She did tell him that she did not have a car to trade in, and so there should be a new plate being charged. Oh, but
0: i got to believe that's an accident. Yeah. Carelessness. Well, yeah. I excused myself to make a phone call. I uh, Told Chris I need to get the final okay from my husband, and I'm sure Chris is, uh, was downfalling. I returned to Chris and said my husband reminded me that we had to pick up our son. He was coming to get me now. I said I would need to think about the deal and discuss it with him. I thanked him and turned to leave. Chris called out and asked uh, me what I, I what I did for a living. This is this is new. I really this this is. Uh, Okay, we'll talk about it after I get finished. He said, what do you do for a living? I, t- I, t- I told him I was a nurse. Chris said he could check with his manager to see if I qualified for an additional first responder discount. I agreed to wait until he checked. Now, <laughs> I w- what if I said, I wonder if she'd have said, I'm a fireman. Or what if he said, I'm a farmer. Or what if she said, I'm a carpenter. <laughs> Uh, what if she said I'm a uh, baker? Know, anything? Do you you don't suppose that you don't suppose that there's a well, there is a pastry chef rebate. A what? A pastry chef rebate. Oh, pastry chef rebate. <laughs> anyway, I don't know, and I'm picking on Schumacher. I don't think he does that. But you other dealers listening out there, if you really want to screw a customer, that's a great way to keep them from going out the door. Oh. And that's too much money, I'm not gonna pay it, I gotta think about it, I gotta get my wife. Wait a minute, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastry chef. A pastry chef. I'm a sous oh. chef. Oh, yeah. we have a pastry chef I would,
2: I would think that if these rebates really exist and they're real, that it would be the responsibility of a salesperson to establish this in the beginning.
0: Well, let's check, we should, let's do it. Let's find out if Chevrolet has a first responder discount. How am I gonna do that? Okay, I'll continue. Uh, after five minutes, I ventured into the area where the manager sat. Chris was sitting uh, with about five other men. This is a little strange, too. Um, I, I go back, I'm Agent Lightning, and I wait and I wait, and he doesn't come back. And there, there's Chris with five guys. Uh, when he saw me turn, said he was waiting for his turn to speak with a manager.
2: General Motors does have a first responder discount.
0: Ah. Uh, Is a nurse a first responder?
2: Um, Yes, eligible healthcare professionals are
0: included in that. Okay, so I apologize to Schumacher. That was not a flim plan. I probably shouldn't let the cat out of the bag because a lot of dealers listening on that said, well, it's still a good idea. He should
2: should have thought of that when she came in and and, and they worked out the price, though.
0: At any rate, all these guys are sitting around and they're waiting to see the manager. I said I was out of time. and had to leave. Boy, is Chuck going to be mad when he hears this. Uh, she had to wait a half an hour to get someone to ask her uh, what she wanted, and then when she's trying to get uh, find out what price she could get, you got five salesmen sitting around waiting for the manager. Now, what is the manager doing?
2: Uh, I got the impression there are five managers sitting around. <laughs> manager? Anyway,
0: this is not deception, and this is not, yeah. you know, this is yeah. just sloppiness. And when you have 13 dealerships, you can't be everywhere, and uh, Chuck has got to uh, stay on top of things, so uh, he'll get, he'll be on top of this. I can almost guarantee you. Okay, here's the epilogue. Other than uh, the long wait at the beginning of the mission, the shop was pretty uneventful, without any major surprises. Sort of like Schumacher's commercials. A little bland. Uh-huh. Sorry, he, Chuck. <laughs> my son said yeah, that. Yeah, it's all me. Don't that. don't get mad at me. I all. like I, I like your commercials. I fall asleep in your commercials. I <laughs> like, well, yeah, they're they're good. They're quality. <laughs> Uh, we checked the price on TrueCar.com, The price, best price we could find, uh, which was exceeding and difficult with Trucar's current format, was just about $300 more than Chumaka's price. So he had a good price. This price came from uh, Boniface, Ears, Chevrolet in Melbourne. Their price was also included $200 for a pre-installed window tint. Yeah, and, so you and, took yeah. out the tent at the be right in line with the chest. It wasn't a slam dunk. It was, a, it was not a bad price. No. So there we are. How much time we got? Okay, we got time. Uh, votes? Any votes yet in on Schumacher?
2: I'm looking here. How about you? Yes. Matt? Here we go. Okay. Uh, come on, Linda. <laughs> Linda gives him a big fat F. Oh. Uh, you're losing your credibility, Linda. Come on. These are a little bit better than that. Uh, Jack gives him a C. Um, I'm them, I'm going to give him a B. Uh, maybe even a B plus. Uh, there was. It was a good price. There wasn't back and forth. Um, uh, you know, too, uh, Agent Lightning didn't push him hard. Yeah. Maybe she could even gotten yeah. a better deal. Yeah. Um, and the treatment was good. the The main screw up was in the beginning with the weight and the greeter. It was a good apology. Yeah. They said, yeah. "I failed."
0: Yeah. What we're trying people people that are maybe newer to the show. What we're trying to do is establish a list of recommended and do not buy from dealers. We have to give an avenue for people that want to buy a car. So if you want to buy a Chevrolet, we're going to put a Schumacher Chevrolet on the recommended list. Yeah. Now, does that say they're perfect? Obviously not. Uh, uh, as a matter of fact, but Mr. Schumacher <laughs> is extremely angry about the shopping report. And, but it was sloppiness. It was carelessness. It was lack of professionalism. It was not uh, more deceptiveness than you would find in the average car dealer. Yeah. It was about average, and Stu said maybe a little above average. Gave him a B. So it's you, you uh,
2: can do a lot worse. You <laughs> can do a lot that. worse. Yeah. If we're grading on the curve, they're they're on the right side of that hump. Uh, Mark in uh, Pine Beach Gardens gives them a D minus as lazy salespeople. Sales managers should be replaced. And then we have uh, who sent this in? It's and that text. may
0: be true, but we're not talking about capability of salespeople. We're talking about Deception and the ability to buy a car without being yeah. lied and cheated and stolen from, and the Schumacher uh, dealerships uh, are mm-hmm. above average on that, and they're a safer place to go. And I think this one, yeah. uh, sloppiness does not give you enough. No, Bob and Maryland gives a B.
2: Okay,
1: I've got Mister Hand with a C, for I am feeling charitable and had my coffee. Karen with a reluctant C. Uh, Donovan Lewis, they get a total F, a horrible experience that yeah. is. I had a similar experience there, it's just frustrating. Tim Gilliland, waiting for the manager for the grade, C. Wayne Vite, a B minus. Guy Larrabee, won't join the family, but I'll give him a C (laughs) minus. Ernesto, a C. Uh, Mark Ryan, a B. Cow go down the trail, C. Too many blinker fluid fees.
3: Ah.
0: Huh, Nancy?
3: Well, um, I'm a little reluctant. (laughs) Stu's <laughs> like, look at me <laughs> um seriously i'm a, I'm a little bit reluctant. I'm reluctant because of of uh, transparency you know upfront you know to let a, a person know i'll I won't elaborate on the wait uh, that's number one. I'll just let that go. The show's not long enough um, number two um, a first responder uh, upfront, you know you know that you're eligible for you know uh being a first responder the other um you don't have your own tag it's gonna cost you 250 dollars up front letting them know that with all of that said um uh, joining the family is really really difficult it's uh you know gotta have a lot of time uh, but uh, as Earl and I had a productive constructive conversation on our way in to the show I am going to give them a C hey mm. And I,
0: I think this, in total transparency our discussion was was she ignored because she was female <coughs> uh, and I think the answer is no. I think the, I think that the uh, dealers today, especially Schumacher, <coughs> are smart enough to know that you better take good care of those ladies when they come in. Treat them with courtesy and respect because they'll go buy somewhere else. They're, they're pretty, pretty uh, sensitive to being ignored and you ignore a woman in today's retail uh, market You're gonna lose their business. You know, it's interesting you say that because Michelle N. came in with C plus
1: for not thinking a woman was there to buy a vehicle. So Michelle may have gotten the impression
0: that exactly, and that's the way, and that's the way women feel, and they are right, understandable. They are their right to be sensitive, and not only do you have to be nice and courteous to women today in retail, you have to be nicer than you are to a man because they are anticipating the opposite there's yep. a there's
2: a phenomenon that we see in, in restaurants and car dealerships when it's slower sometimes the you have less attentive salespeople. people as there's something when there's an energy and sales people get greeted faster When you're sitting around it's a slow night they're playing well they don't play cards anymore they play on their phones and it's harder you maybe that's that could have been the reason
3: yeah well like i said you know we just don't have enough time for me to go into it man woman etc uh ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us that was our mystery shop from schumacher chevrolet and we'll be right here next weekend same time same channel have a wonderful weekend